I'm sorry. The dialogue in this arc is actually horrendous. Uh, we have Deku realizing that trauma exists. He's like, wow, I didn't know that after you save someone's life, they just don't go back to their normal lives like nothing ever <laughs> happened. <laughs> just, I'm just like, why are you explaining this to me? Any person with, worth their salt understands what trauma might be, you know? And Deku and Mirio, they're literally like, you're right, we did save Aerie, but we didn't save her heart yet. Salutations to everyone listening to the very best anime and pop culture podcast for all your cold and hot takes. I'm Jeans, the one who talks too much, and with me is my co-host Devani, the one who doesn't talk nearly enough. At least once a week, the Fan and Filler podcast provides no-nonsense reviews and more. And we're back. Back again. After a bit of a break and some craziness i know that the schedule has been a bit wonky for the five listeners we have but we appreciate all of you so we're glad you're sticking around to be fair there's enough content for you to be content (laughs) i agree i agree you know we've we've just been kind of enjoying our holiday right stevani you did things for christmas you had a harry potter christmas (laughs) Look, don't don't say I. My mother had a Harry Potter Christmas, and I just went along with what she wanted. Mm, that's cool. We had a chill Christmas. We went to a fancy restaurant, which was pretty nice. I say fancy because I don't have like, you know, we're like lower middle class, so you know, I don't I don't know what everybody's living situation is. <laughs> it was fancy to me. <laughs> Let's just say that. But it was kind of like all you could eat meat, and I got to try like a lot of stuff, and most of it was like pretty good. I'm not gonna lie, like I was content mm. with the money I spent. My parents were probably not; they were like, mm, I don't, I don't spend this money. But it was fine nonetheless. Mm. But today, you know, today we have a few plans. I wanted to let everybody know that we'll be talking My Hero season one through five. So basically, My Hero so far, besides season six, that'll be covered in an in the previous episode, if you already know, from our guest, Kim Chi. So that episode will, will should have come out before this one, where we're going to talk about season six. But now we're talking about, you know, MHA as a whole. And it's just me and Stevani here. Uh, but eventually we'll be lining up some more guests in general when we talk about the fall 2022 anime. Or just anime in general. But we'll see how that works out. And before we get, you know, we really into the meat and potatoes, just wanted to say a few things. We really appreciate you guys listening and our YouTube channel should be live by now. We should be posting content. I'm also hoping you'll scroll up to the top of whatever page you're listening from and give us a rating or a follow or subscribe to the podcast. You know, a little five stars doesn't cost anybody anything. And I have a question for Stevani, too. So. Out of these first five seasons, I know you already know the, don't know my answer, but I want to know your answer. Who are your top three pro heroes? Oh, pro heroes. Okay. I thought you were going to ask me what my favorite season was. Uh, um, no. My top three pro heroes. I'll give my number three and then you give your number three. So my number three at, out of season one through five for pro heroes my number three, I think, is Gang Orca. I just think you know he what? looks like... I was going to say the same thing. <laughs> I, 
I just like him. He's fun. He just looks like a villain, and his him choosing the name Gang Orca is just everything to me. So I just yeah, I just, just think it's great. He just fully went with the whole villain thing. He was like, I'm gonna just work with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so I'll let you go first. Then who's your number two? Okay, my number two. Ooh. Who would that be? I don't know. Hmm. Hmm. You know what? I think I'm gonna have to go with Hawks. Oh, Hawks. Okay, yeah, Yeah. he's pretty cool. Yeah, I just enjoy his character a lot. For me, I know that she technically only barely showed up in season five, but I'm gonna Mm -hmm. have to say Miracle is my number two. Mm -hmm. She barely showed up in season five, but. I just was digging her design, and I knew she'd be pretty raw, and it turned out in season six she was pretty raw, so I, I love her, so she's great. Um, I'm not counting Aizawa in any of this picks because he he would have been my number two, but I consider him more of a teacher than a pro hero. He doesn't really seem to be heroing <laughs> that much, especially now that he lives at the dorms with them and he has Aerie. I don't, you know... <laughs> But yeah, but that's like towards the end. Like, like Eraser Head would have been my number one pick if we're pro hero. Oh wow, okay. So I had to choose a favorite out of all of them. And my number one pick is, I'm sure you already know, is yeah. All Might. <laughs> I mean, we're gonna talk about why I love All Might when we get into it. But yeah, so what about your number one pick? You better not say Best Genus. <laughs> I mean, my number one pick, you know, I, I went with Eraserhead because, you know, I just feel him on a fundamental level with just being tired with life, you know. It's just, <laughs> it's me every day. I mean, yeah, the sleeping bag was definitely a mood, especially when I was in high school watching this show. <laughs> I was like, that's kind of how I want to be when I come into class, just Yeah, because I think at that point, he was a teacher during the day, but he was still doing hero work at night before he decided to stop doing hero work. That's wild. This man's always tired. (laughs) But everyone, we're going to get into it. This is going to be a more freeform discussion. We are going to talk a lot of major spoilers. So if you haven't seen any of My Hero yet, you can still listen because we're not going to like explain the whole plot. But, you know, there's certain... At this point, everyone should have seen My Hero at least the first season. True, true, true. (laughs) Well, getting into it, I guess I'll start with synopsis slash season one so izuku midoriya desperately wants to be a hero but he is one of the few in his generation born without a quirk almost 80 percent of the population in this modern future day has quirks and quirks are special abilities slash mutations that allow people to have superhuman powers while meeting the number one hero all might izuku may manage to change his fate question mark so, the first two episodes, I think, of My Hero are actually really good. And I think that's why this show is easily consumable for a wide range of people. I think it's palatable, is what mm-hmm. I would describe it as. It's very anime, of course. So, if you don't like anime, you may be put off at by it at first. But in terms of, like, the gen- general audiences tend to kind of understand what's going on here. And it's a little bit inspirational, even the first two episodes. You know, Izuku has the heart of a true hero but you know no one really thinks he can do it and not because they don't think that they he himself could do it it's just the fact that they think he's limited by his circumstances but he still wants to do his best to help anybody he can whether he's supposed Mm -hmm. to do that or not and he 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 himself inspires all might 
to look at himself in the way he was in the past and why he started doing what he was doing and to continue down his path, right? And so All Might's like, I can see myself in you, so I want to train you. <laughs> and eventually, he reveals to Deku that he's going to actually, I guess, pass his his quirk on to Deku and explains to Deku that this is something that's been done multiple times and that's why he's so strong. And so... Yeah. Deku's second level of becoming a hero is to get into UA, the top hero school. Mm. <laughs> it's a school. It's a high school for heroes. I mean, it's, it's it's one of the best. Like, there's another school, like, I think to the West, that's also considered the best school. Yep. At the entrance exam, Izuku falls behind the other students because he doesn't know how to use his newly power, that new, new power that All Might literally gave him this morning. <laughs> when he told him to eat the hair, eat it. <laughs> Oh my gosh, that was terrible. <laughs> Look, All Might didn't know that he wouldn't be able to use his powers right away. I think he did know. He just, you know, kind of wanted to see what would happen. Because he needed to see if uh, Deku could handle it. So the entrance exam has other students defeating fake robot villains and Izuku's falling behind. But eventually he is able to earn enough points to get into UA. He cries and it's very adorable. Every You're going to hear a lot of complaints about Deku crying about this series but i didn't really i didn't begrudge him for crying until after season three at that point i just felt like it was too much but i never begrudged him before that anyways <laughs> we have another character that comes into the mix katsuki bakugo so he's been izuku's childhood friend i'm putting friend in air quotations guys basically the kid that is in your neighborhood that you kind of have to hang around or none of the other kids will play with you and he's just really mean to izuku he's just a bully but he also wants to be a hero the the the, the dichotomy of being a bully and wanting to be a hero right <laughs> <laughs> and and he and uh, izuku kind of have a right not a rivalry to to bakugo it's a rivalry to yeah. izuku is <laughs> He's just like, Deku, just he's just like, my friend's just being weird. You know, I'm going to stick by him. Oh my gosh. Yeah. But basically, they are able to get into the school together, and there's a lot of tension between them. And this comes to a head where they're doing a trainer, training exercise, and it's Kachan versus Deku. And Deku is basically like, you gave me the nickname Deku to make fun of me, but now I'm going to turn it around. Then yeah. Deku means I'm a hero, and it means I can do it. <laughs> Yeah, Bakugo was, like, so mad when he seen uh, Izuku using those powers because he was like, mm. oh, so you had powers this entire time and you didn't want to show me? And it was like, no, but, like, we can't tell you why. I mean, I personally would feel some type of way, but I wouldn't be as explosive as he is. And that, guys, that's a pun because <laughs> Bakugo's quirk is that he can sweat nitroglycerin from his hands and ignite it, which is kind of weird, but whatever. Well... Moving on, we have, after that whole thing is resolved, uh, Deku tries to explain to Kachan why he suddenly has a quirk, and he literally just spills the beans when All Might told him not to tell anybody. And of course, Kachan doesn't believe him because he's like, that sounds ridiculous, first of all. It's like, <laughs> oh, someone gave you a power? Like, that's not possible. <laughs> so he just basically brushes him off and he's like, stop calling me stupid. And their relationship is kind of like that for the rest of the season. But moving on, we have... Just do your best, Ida. This episode is very adorable, and it made Ida one of my favorite characters. He's very genuine. Of course, he comes from a family of heroes, meaning his perspective on life is a bit disillusioned, but he still wants to do his best and be the best hero he can be. And so that those are his motivations, which I think are perfectly fine. And we find out about Ochaka's motivations, too. She wants to earn money to help support her family, which is totally fine as well. 
Mm-hmm. Moving on from there, we have the fact that Ida is named class president because everybody seems to trust him and he's a good leader. And that leads up to their class assignment where they have to do some rescue training, but they never, ever, ever get that rescue training <laughs> because <laughs> the villains attack uh, the training facility. And so they show up and their whole goal is to draw out All Might. And yep. so it's just really a bunch of like interspliced fights with everybody trying to uh, hold off until All Might shows up. Aizawa really gets beat up, but he still does his best. All, All Might shows up and he fights the superpower being called a Nomu. What are Nomus? We don't know yet. <laughs> but they come to blows. It's a pretty awesome fight, and All Might goes to- totally goes plus ultra. <laughs> and the end, the season ends with us wondering what's what's to come next for Izuku Midoriya. Yay! So. Season one, I actually think is really good. What do you think? Yeah. I mean, I remember when I watched season one, it wasn't like, oh, I really want to watch the show. It was just like I was bored and I was like, oh, well, let me try this show out. And then I was like, wait a minute, this is so good. Let me watch all the episodes. Mm -hmm. I actually think season one is incredibly solid compared to the rest of the seasons. Of course, it's not as exciting and all these things, but the school stuff was not utterly unbearable. It wasn't boring, (laughs) you know? Exactly. This season is definitely like setting up exposition for the rest of the seasons. Mm-hmm. And I think there's less focus on the surrounding classmates, which is another thing that helps. We only focus on a few, like we focus on Kirishima a bit. We focus on Kaminari, uh, Ida, Achako, and a few other. We don't focus on literally everybody in the class. And I think that's really helpful into the season. That falls apart later on, but we'll continue. So. <laughs> Season two. Uh, this is probably everyone's favorite season because it's the UA Sports Festival. It's actually not my favorite season, but close. Oh my gosh, you just have to be different. <laughs> anyway, you know, the UA Sports Festival, this is their opportunity to stand out for heroes. And Izuku, you know, in the first, like, I guess, task in the sports festival it's is an like, individual yeah. race. And he manages to finish first. Which puts a target on his back for the next part, which is a cavalry battle. <laughs> Guys, a cavalry battle with people is basically this Japanese game where you have, I think, four members of your team, right? Yeah, yeah, you have four members mm-hmm. of your team. Three of them are the bot at base, and you're, like, the top, basically. And they're supposed to hold you up and run around, I guess. <laughs> yeah, and they were all given, like, uh, headbands with a number of points on them. And because Izuku finished first... He had the most points, so everybody was immediately going to come after him. Mm-hmm. It was everybody versus Izuku, and he stepped up to the plate. And he, he does did. get his points stolen by Todoroku, who seems to have put a target on Midoriya's back, but he doesn't know why yet. And <laughs> and But eventually his team is able to clutch it for him and help him out, and they get enough points to advance. It's very great. Kachan also teams up with some classmates from a different, like, uh, no, no, he teams up with his own classmates. But he goes against class 1B, which is the hero class underneath them. And he just really creates a lot mm-hmm. of enemies as he sh- as he does. <laughs> but moving on from the cavalry battle, we have a little intermission. And then basically Shoto Todoroki, who has kind of been in the background of the show so far, but definitely has been shown to be a powerful character, basically just pulls up on... Uh, on <laughs> he basically just pulls up on Deku and and says, listen, we got to talk. I got I got a question for you. Are you All Might's secret love child? <laughs> Todoroki is so pure, it's great. 
he had to know because he seen them talking so much and he was like there's only one explanation for his son (laughs) but basically he reveals to izuku that listen i can tell that all might has taken a special interest in you and you seem to be one of the strongest people here so that means that i am taking a special interest in taking you down because i have to show my old man that i'm i can do everything i need to do without him (laughs) Yeah, and Todoroki he, he explains so serious about that that he wasn't even going to use one half <laughs> exactly. of his quirk. <laughs> exactly. Todoroki explains parts of his dark past and his relationship with his abusive parents, and Izuku realizes that he's not the main character. And <laughs> kitty, <laughs> he realizes that he maybe might not be the main character and strives to earn that spot back from Todoroki. <laughs> you know, now thinking about it, that was a lot for Todoroki to just tell Deku right then. It is. Telling him his traumatic past. I'm like, how would anyone respond to that? Well, Todoroki's socially awkward because he's been isolated his entire life, so I'm giving him a pass. But then we have the tournament style. There's always a tournament arc. <laughs> we have the tournament style, tournament arc, and the first battle is Deku versus Shinzo. And Shinzo is from the general studies class, yeah. but he's allowed to compete in the uh he's allowed to compete in the physical altercations because he was able to kind of finagle his way into getting past the first two stages. And what is Shinzo's ability? Oh, he can control you completely if you even answer one of his questions, which is kind of OP, but <laughs> Yeah, and it kind of sucks because when you think about it, I think he explained the reason why he wasn't even in the hero classes because the entrance exam was built more on physical abilities rather than mental Mm -hmm. because at that time they were trying to find the next All Might. And so he wasn't like the thing they were looking for. So they just put him in general studies because his ability is more mental than anything. I mean, this part really endeared me to Shinzo, but then, like, the later on seasons, like, I can get why he's, like, the fandom cinnamon roll. Everybody loves him. He's great. I do love him. I do love him. (laughs) We can all agree. Anybody that Aizou is mentoring is just perfect. (laughs) But, you know, so Deku shares some of Shinzo's frustrations, and he can relate to him, but he also knows that he has a journey all, all of his own that he needs to continue on and so he defeats Shinzo and moves on there's some other battles there's like Kachan versus Uraka there's like Ida versus Meimei Hatsumeime and she just tricks him into um, doing an advertisement for her (laughs) I think there was Kirishima versus like oh my god what is the steel guy I would kill my parents actually like I mean like the audacity that you have look they were like we like our last name so much we're just gonna name you that I just feel, I actually feel like someone just said, I'm going to name myself Tetsu Tetsu. And then <laughs> I bet you their last name was just Tetsu and they just named themselves Tetsu Tetsu. And then someone went Tetsu 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 Tetsu. And I think it just means like steel seal or something like that. I forget what it means, but it's, it's, it's a pun. It's a play on words, but Tetsu Tetsu is also a great character. Moving on. We have a few more battles. We have Todoroki. We have Shoto just basically being really angsty throughout the whole situation with the training mm-hmm. arc. And then we have a really actually good episode. Now, this is this episode was why I actually called season two the best season before season three came out. Because, and granted, I only had two seasons to choose from, but this is Shoto Todoroki origin. And basically, we get the whole, not the whole deeds, but we get a lot of the deeds from Todoroki's point of view about his life and his perspective on things and why he does what he does. And But we also get Midoriya, who is 
you know, he's very precious. And even though he wants to do his best, he also wants everybody else to do their best as well. And he wants to win at everyone's best. He wants to prove that he can he can do it. You know what I mean? And so he encourages Todoroki to do the same. And, you know, we have that, you know, iconic line where it's like, it's your power, not his. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, he, uses, um, he uses his flames. And I know, like, that scene where Endeavor sees that and he's just like, yeah, show, show, yeah. Show, show. <laughs> the meme, the meme. I love that meme. Okay, as, as much as I don't like Endeavor, that meme is actually golden. It's like, show, And he, like, the flames and everything. Uh, it's funny. But, yeah, so we have that moment where Todoroki decides to really look inside himself and decide for himself what he wants. And I do love that. Deku is so precious. He's just, like, trying to... He's not just trying to, like, help Todoroki, but he also cares for, like, his own personal struggles. And I'm like, that's hard when, like, every other high schooler is just like, stop crying. <laughs> you know, like... Not not to Deku, I just mean, like, that's kind of how high schoolers are. They're like, no one cares about your emotional problems. And Deku's just like, but I do. So, yeah. Uh, Midoriya, once again, proves that he's the best friend you could ever have. And him and Todoroki battle it out, and Midnight and Cementos get in the way, and so we don't really truly get the conclusion of their battle, but Midoriya does end up getting knocked out of the ring, and Todoroki, Shoto, has come into himself, and this is his origin story. <laughs> so, moving on from that, we have episode Fight on Ida, where it's Ida versus Todoroki? Yeah. It's actually Ida versus Todoroki in the tournament style. He almost takes him out, but, you know, it's just it's just not enough, and he loses. But this episode also mm-hmm. reveals the fact that his brother, who is the hero in Genium, his older brother, was actually attacked and crippled by the hero killer, Stain. And so we get this dichotomy of Ida having to fight through this physical battle while also this new mental and emotional one. Mm-hmm. And the last battle of the tournament arc, we get to the point where it's Todoroki versus Bakugo. Yeah, and Bakugo was super excited to fight Todoroki, and was. Todoroki was just tired. He was like, mm, I don't know if I can do this. <laughs> exactly, exactly. It's 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 a struggle for him, and yeah. let's just say... <laughs> yeah, Bakugo was pretty upset because he saw how he was fighting Deku, and I guess he felt insulted that he wasn't going all out with him. But that's because Bakugo is kind of... Okay, I'm not going to say Bakugo is a narcissist, but he is self-absorbed, and he doesn't understand the nuances of, like, other people. He doesn't understand not being the center of someone else's world. You know what I mean? So he thinks that if Todoroki doesn't fight him at his best, that Todoroki is literally saying, you're not worth it. Midoriya was more worth it to fight than you. I I don't know. I guess I could see, because this is a a battle tournament, and, like, you're supposed to give it your all to win, because he did... Like, his fight with Uraraka, he went at her, like, an equal person. Like, he didn't go soft yeah. on her because she was a girl. And everybody was like, what are you doing? That's a girl. He's like, no, I have to compete with her like this. Well, yeah, he's right about that. But I'm saying just because someone else doesn't compete with you at the at the way you want them to does not mean that they don't take you seriously. You know, that's another thing he doesn't understand. So mm-hmm. I get, yeah, I get it. But basically he wins and he doesn't really take the win well and they have to tie him up during the... <laughs> during the award ceremony and all might shows up and it's just so funny he's like oh that's too much his face is hilarious but moving on we have time to pick some names where they give the where they give a bunch of literal freshmen the opportunity to name themselves and this might be the name they're stuck with yikes i would not let them do that but you know they do it i i do believe there might be some opportunity if they ever wanted to change their name they could it, okay, well, the point of me saying this is that almost all their names are really bad. In fact, both Ida <laughs> and Shoto are having 
identity crises and so they don't even name themselves really and then bakugo just doesn't even know what words are so he names himself like murder explosion king or whatever i don't know yeah but we have like i'm gonna just go with shoto (laughs) we have gran torino appears as izuku gets the opportunity to intern with a pro hero and he learns a lot from him and then we have stain versus the ua students Basically, Ida goes on a vendetta and tries to take out Stain, the hero killer, who was the one that injured his brother. He learns a lesson, and then Midoriya and Shoto show up to try to save him, and they all grow closer as friends together that way. Of course, after this, All Might has to inform Deku of the history and the past behind his power one for all and how it has been cultivated by each user to become stronger and what this means for the future and then we have the episode katsuki bakugo origin so basically the end of this season is a bit of a a bit of a thing where it's the students versus teachers and they have to do like a quick capture round and unfortunately um izuku and katsuki are the worst pairing Oh my gosh, they're paired up and they have to, no, this is the worst scenario. Izuku and Bakugo versus All Might. Like that is just <laughs> That's the worst thing ever to happen to them. It is so bad. It is like the worst it, this is like it's like they wanted to say, look, we need to be prepared for the worst case scenario and this is that for you right now. Yeah, <laughs> so cuz it's like they even um they limited what All Might could do, but that still is like nothing. Bro, oh my gosh. He was he was scary. <laughs> they should have been scared. De- De- Deku was scared. And and Bakugo was like, I'm not a wuss like you. <laughs> and so basically, this is actually a really, really good episode. This episode called, is called Katsuki Bakugo Origin. And it's actually really good because we get an insight on how Bakugo views himself, how he, how he views others, and how he views his hero work. And we actually start to understand the type of character he is. And I kind of appreciate that because as much as I don't agree with Bakugo's actions, I can get behind his morals. And his morals is that he has to do his best no matter what, and he will not take failure for an answer, you know? And that means that he's, you know, trying to be his be the best hero he can be, and he wants to be number one. And I think that's, for other people, it seems like an ambitious goal, but for him, it's something he's convince himself that he's gonna do you know yeah like, and so I, I think like um after watching this season you know how Deku Todoroki and Bakugo all like All Might I was yeah. like thinking that they all like All Might for very different reasons because mm-hmm. for Deku he likes All Might for the fact that he saves people and gives mm-hmm. hopes to them right and he kind of ignores the fact that he fights villains in order to do that mm-hmm. while Bakugo he only focuses on the part that All Might fights the villains and wins Mm-hmm. And then Todoroki, he just sees All Might as someone that's better than his father. Exactly. He he sees All Might as the person his father should have been to him. You know what I mean? Like the role model that he should have been able to look up to because he's a symbol of peace and a number one hero. And he exp- and All Might is definitely great. He inspires greatness in everyone. I'm going to talk about how much I like All Might at the very end of this, guys. But, <laughs> but basically, so it's them versus them. And basically, finally, finally, ba- Bakugo and Deku have a real conversation. And you know, they fight for, they fight each other instead of fighting All Might for a little bit. Uh, but, you know, Bakugo actually is willing to make some concessions, and he's like, listen, this is how we're gonna do it. Because at first he wanted to actually fight All Might, and Deku was like, what? <laughs> I was like, we have to escape, what are you talking about? And they have this what? awesome fight where Bak- where De- <laughs> they have this awesome fight where Deku learns some new appreciation for Bakugo's abilities and the way he uses his powers. Uh, All Might tries to break Deku's spine, and... <laughs> Look, he was part? not gonna go easy on him. 
That was this a wild test. I was like, calm down. Oh my gosh. <laughs> like my back, he's like 14. He's <laughs> gonna have back problems. But basically, only one of them has to escape, but Deku also learned some things in this situation too, and he's like, no, Kachan's right. We have to go for the complete victory. And he also is able to rescue Bakugo and have them both get the escape win, which was great. And the end of the season, because we're getting a little bit long in season two, is called Encounter, where basically Shigaraki just pulls up on Deku and the homies, and he's just like, listen, I'm putting a hit out on you guys. You better watch out. That was like the most famous pull-up ever, because he literally showed up behind Izuku had four <laughs> fingers on him, and he was like, I could kill you right now if I put my last finger down. But I'm I not bet going he's feeling, to. I bet you he's feeling like he wish he did. <laughs> <laughs> Season six. I bet you when he, I bet you when he was hitting, hitting him with that 100%, he's thinking about how he should have killed him. <laughs> but I bet that's mutual on both sides. <laughs> exactly. But, you know, Izuku leaves that situation a bit shaken and worried about the future, and we move into season three, where Izuku strives to become stronger. And how is how is he going to do that? He's attending the training camp by the what are they called? The Wild Wild Pussycats or something like that? I don't know. Yeah, I like them. They they were they were cute. They were fun. But basically, the came, training camp is where all these pro heroes called the Wild Wild Pussycats want to push these students' quirks to their limits. It, it's class one A and one B who are both the hero course. And they're doing their best to become stronger. Deku meets someone who he never thought he'd meet, which is a person who doesn't like heroes and isn't a villain. <laughs> I'm kidding. But, <laughs> but basically, he starts to understand uh, Kota's perspective and his past. And he wants to show Kota that not everything about heroes and villains is dark and that he can show him a brighter future. But he doesn't get the chance to do that first at first because the villains attack and he has to save Kota from... I forget what that guy's name was, but he was like... I, I think know, it's like, he was, was his like name a... muscular or something like that? He was like super... It, it should be, because that's all he did. He was. He was just a big muscular man. <laughs> Basically, Deku almost dies, and he's able to save Kota, and realize that the League of Villains are trying to... They have like three plans, but one of their main plans is to kidnap a few of the students, including Kachan. And so, he strives to protect him, but they fail. And it's sad. Uh, yep. Yo, I'm sorry, that scene where Deku wakes up in the hospital and his eyes are, like, super wide, I'm like, bro, this this kid looks so high off morphine right now, he just, like, doesn't even know what's going on. <laughs> I mean, I remember, like, watching him fight that guy, and I was just like, I don't see how he's gonna win, like, I don't see it. Yeah, but he able, he figured, he was able to dig deep. But basically, after uh, Bakugo is kidnapped, Todoroki Kirishima and Midoriya want to go after Bakugo, but, you know, the rest of the class is kind of like, yeah. the heroes already have it handled, you guys need to stay out of it, like, it's not our business. And they they're kind really of right. having a debate about it. <laughs> well, they're kind of right. Basically, while the heroes are planning their own way to take out the Nomus and the League of Villains and save Bakugo, the students are kind of planning their own thing because Midoriya feels like he has to redeem himself. Kirishima is besties with Bakugo, and he just can't leave it be. And, oh, Todoroki is here, and we'll talk about why he's here later. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so, Yagirozo and Ida come with them, basically, to kind of corral them and make sure that they're not going to get themselves in too much trouble. But they realize that they've gotten themselves in a whole lot of trouble when All for One shows up. And they're like, we're scared. <laughs> they're like, we shouldn't have come here. Yeah, that dude was just waiting. He was like, hey, you guys, I was waiting for you. Yeah. And so, basically, All Might. It's All Might versus All for One. And the students are actually able to 
create a plan. Well, they don't create the plan. It's really just Midoriya that creates the plan. <laughs> um, Midoriya creates a plan to utilize all their quirks to save Bakugo, or rather to help Bakugo save himself. And they get away so that All Might can fight all for one with his full power. And so we get we get our, the iconic United States of Smash, and that's the end of our boy. Our boy! <laughs> Why? Mm, no more All Might. I feel personally attacked. Okay, I'm just going to mention it now since we're getting mm-hmm. into it. I said earlier, why is Todoroki there? Because the plot demands he be there. Now, I don't really like the fact that Todoroki's character continues to suffer from season three onward, and he really has not been helped since. It's just a symptom of bad writing, and it really is. Everybody has a motivation for being there except Todoroki, and it doesn't make any sense. Why Yayurozo is there because she has the tracker, and she wants to be responsible with what she does with it. Ida is there because he's class president, and he has to make sure that they don't make dumb decisions. Midoriya is there for an obvious reason. Kirishima is there for an obvious reason. Todoroki is just... He's yeah, I don't know. I guess you could argue that he's there because Midoriya is there, and he wants to be... I don't know. Maybe he wants to see what Midoriya is doing. I don't know. No one can see, but I'm shaking my head. Listen... He's a he is their literal canon. He's a he's he's the he's the empty canon of the class, meaning he doesn't have a lot of personality and he's just there to be the really strong character whenever they need a ton of fire or ice power, you know? Like that's that's why he's there and he he just seems so empty as a person. And it's kind of irritating how we're just not giving him anything. Like we're going to give Endeavor all this characterization, but then his son who he abused and terrorized his whole family just doesn't get anything. Like I, it just irritates me, but I'll talk more about him in the later seasons because this is an issue that just persists and it's terrible. Basically, we're moving into the dorms because people have been kidnapped and the parents are worried and All Might goes to Midoriya's house and asks his mom to continue to have Midoriya there. And I actually like this part because it's like, what is his mom thinking when all this crazy stuff is literally happening and they actually tell us? And she's worried, but she's willing to give her son a chance. And then next, we have the provisional license. I wrote very little notes on this because this arc was good, but it wasn't worth writing about. There's a lot of different fights. <laughs> Everybody's trying to get their license. It's fine. Most of the class is getting their license. Then it's Deku versus Kachan. Again. Uh, <laughs> but this time, it's for realsies because Bakugo has been having some doubts ever since All Might had to retire, and he feels as though him getting kidnapped was kind of the catalyst for this situation when it's really technically not his fault, but he feels responsible because he idolizes All Might so much. And he also understands the fact that apparently All Might decided to choose Deku over him, even though Kachan, you weren't even on his radar, but okay. <laughs> um, He's like, why did you get picked and not me? <laughs> I'm better than you. <laughs> he just, he just, he just does so much. It's just, I try to feel for him because I know he's like 15, but I'm like, my guy, I need you to have some, gain gain some perspective, please. (laughs) But basically they fight it out and Deku decides to finally take Kachan's feelings seriously and consider him a true rival. And Bakugo kind of accepts the fact that Deku is going to be All Might's successor, but he says, I'm still going to have to surpass you. And it's a whole thing, but they get over it. And then their work study begins, or no, their work study does not begin, but... No, yes, yes. So, yeah. So they, they, they start working towards a work study and they hear about it from the big three. And mm-hmm. the big three is Mirio, Nijiri, and uh, Mir- Mirio, Hado, and Amajiki, or whatever. Yep. And so that's how season three kind of ends. A bit, not really on a cliffhanger, but, you know, a bit, a bit to the end. Yeah. Season three, like I said, personally is my favorite season. There's a lot of characterization. There's a lot of good action and the school stuff isn't 
first of all, there's not too much school stuff, but second, second of all, the school stuff is not terrible. And we get some Todoroki, we get a little bit more of Todoroki characterization, but after this season, it just doesn't help. Like, him in the provisional exam was good because we got to understand a bit of him more, but after that, it's just, like, nothing. But even so, like, I feel like the villains were, the villains situation was better in this season than it was in season two, you know? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I did find it interesting how, uh, like, at the end of the provisional license exam, only Bakugo and Todoroki didn't pass. And then interesting. Because they weren't able to work together, so. <laughs> I mean, what else can we I do? I mean, that was expected for Bakugo. He didn't want to save people. Oh, that kid has issues. Oh, my gosh. Anyways, so we have season four. <laughs> Sadness, All Might retires. We already knew this, but he's officially retired. Overhaul our new antagonist, hmm, who could he be, contacts the League of Villains. He wants to get them on board with this whole cork erasing bit, which we'll explain later. But, you know, they're kind of like, we don't really like you, so no. He kills one of them and then moves on. <laughs> I mean, that's what happens. Uzuku battles to earn his work-study spot at Night Eye's agency, and so he has to literally fight Night Eye and... It's a pretty hard fight, but it's interesting, and Night Eye just does accept him as an apprentice at, at the work study. Then we have the appearance of Eri, where Mirio and Izuku both go against their very right instincts to just do something about it, and instead create this whole issue where they have to go save her anyways. So I know when, I remember when that part happened, so many people were just like, why didn't they just take him out right then and there? And I was just like, that would have been the worst thing ever to do right then. Listen, I don't think they should have taken him out, but I think they could have taken her. It would have been very easy. Like, I'm not even going to lie. Deku has that hopping ability. He's pretty fast. Overall, is not that fast. And he he also has his other the other parts of his plan to think about. I'm honestly sure that if they had just literally taken her right then, like, Mirio definitely could have hold, held him off, first of all. And Deku could have mm. gotten away. They literally could have done it, and they just didn't. And that's the part of that that really irritates me. And the fact they try to justify why they didn't save her previously by saying, oh, we'll definitely save you now. I'm like, no, you definitely could have helped her earlier, but you literally... And Mirio, Mirio is actually the one that stops Deku from doing anything. And that's one of the reasons why I don't treat Mirio as this I perfect think angel that maybe the whole fandom treats him thinking about their... Their whole, their plan as a whole, which was to go no, he after all of them. No, he didn't know. Mirio didn't know anything about that. Oh, okay. So he didn't, but he, the well, reason guess... he stopped him, the reason he stopped him was because it wasn't up to protocol with the way that heroes are supposed to operate when they're on patrol, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, it literally wasn't, like, it wasn't protocol. And I'm like, I don't care. She's clearly in distress. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, that's the part that really irritated me. So that's just, it's whatever. But anyways. I, I better not slander Mirio too much in here because I know that people will hate me. I I still love him, but I still don't think that hey, he's no, perfect. No, no, he was just following what he thought was right. Well, he was wrong, okay? And he his better instincts <laughs> his better instincts told him what to do, but instead he followed what he thought that the other heroes would want him to do. And that's my thing. Like people don't people need to listen to their gut in certain situations like that. This way, children get kidnapped like right in broad daylight, and they're like, oh, should that child be going away with that person? It's probably okay, even though their gut says that it's not okay. But, you know, the pro heroes have to clean up Mirio and Deku's mess <laughs> by meeting up all over the country to discuss the situation with Shie, Shie Hasakai. Uh, yeah, Shie Hasakai, who is a Yakuza, right? Yeah. 
And so basically in this in this uh, alternate universe of Japan, the Yakuza have kind of kind of fallen out because heroes are so prevalent and so they can't really do their Yakuza business like they used to anymore. <laughs> but it's a shame. <laughs> it's a shame, yeah. But basically, the pro heroes prepare to mount an all-out attack, like Stevani said, on the bad guy's stronghold. Okay. And then we have a million basis overhaul. Wait, but before that we had Sun Eater, right? Sun Eater has his yeah, I yeah. forgot to mention. Sun Eater has his kind of like episode where we kind of explain his disposition and we also get some backstory in Mirio and how he was as a child. It's actually a very good episode. So definitely don't skip that mm-hmm. one. But Tamani was saying we have a million versus overhaul. And then um I believe this is when like what Lemillion loses his quirk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he gets hit by one of those quirk destroying bullets. <sighs> and he the still fights thing. to the bitter end of the episode. It's pretty good. Yeah. He doesn't give up. But in that but sense, then... he did he does get injured, and Night Eye mm-hmm. has to come save him. But Night Eye is also injured because honestly, I don't know what Night Eye thought he was going to do. To be honest, I don't know. I mean, Night Eye's good at fighting, but he is he, his only quirk is that he can see the future. So <laughs> yeah, I was just like, I don't know what he thought he was gonna really do versus Overhaul. Oh, we forgot to mention what Overhaul's quirk is. Overhaul is pretty OP. I mean, if you're listening to this, you've probably already seen it, but we do, I think Overhaul's quirk is pretty amazing. He has the power to, like, deconstruct and reconstruct things, I guess, by touching yeah. them, which is actually quite strange because it's basically just alchemy, right? But, like, <laughs> you know, because mm. in a sense. I guess. He, I mean, he could use it the way Edward uses it, but, <laughs> but, <laughs> but basically, so... De- Deku decides to not give up and it's him mm-hmm. he finally you know gets a hold of Aerie and it's him I, I put Deku plus Aerie he was 100% of Deku's power and he's able to just use uh one for all to its fullest extent because Aerie's power she has the ability to rewind anything to its original state and so when he's like breaking his arm she's just like literally fixing it instantly not of her own volition it's just like kind of involuntary because she's an actual child and she doesn't know what to do with her quirk but you know him and overall have this pretty crazy fight where overall is just like i'm gonna lose <laughs> and and deku just <laughs> deku actually looks scary in that fight it's pretty funny <laughs> look he has to save this child mm-hmm. like i said we skipped a lot of bit because honestly a lot of these episodes are kind of boring like there's a bit with kirishima and fat gum and rock lock and someone else and other things we're talking about the things we like about season four. I'm skipping literally everything that's boring, and that's a lot. <laughs> Basically, we have the episode Bright Future, where Night Eye on his deathbed explains that we all have to continue looking forward into the future with a smile, because the future will be bright. I, I hate that they, like, introduced Night Eye just to kill him off. And I was just like, ugh, this is... I hate when shows do that, where they introduce you to a character... That, like, they try and make them seemingly important, and then they just kill them off, and they're like, look, there you go. I mean, this is another criticism of season four. I didn't really feel much when he died. Like, I felt for I felt for Mirio and Deku that they were sad, but I I didn't dislike Night Eye, but I didn't care about mm-hmm. him that much. He wasn't there I, long enough. I only mention that because it's going to happen again in a later season of My Hero. It's going to happen again. That's funny. But basically, we have Kachan and Shoto, and they have to retest because they never got their provisional license. They have to do a bunch of silly things with silly kids. And it works out for them, and Shoto gains a new understanding of what it means to be a, means to be a hero. And I don't know if Bakugo gains anything, but he figures it out. <laughs> no. It's and not, then we have this worst art ever. The most. 
the thing I hate worst. the most. <laughs> this? Yes. Oh my gosh, we have the worst arc ever. So we have the uh, Deku... I'm I'm sorry, the dialogue in this arc is actually horrendous. Uh, we have Deku realizing that trauma exists. He's like, wow, I didn't know that after you save someone's life, they just don't go back to their normal lives like nothing ever <laughs> happened. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just like, why are you explaining this to me? Any person with, worth their salt understands what trauma might be, you know? And Deku's like, you're, and Deku and Mirio, they're literally like, you're right, we did save Eri, but we didn't save her heart yet. <laughs> just like, stop. Okay, anyway, so Eri is reasonably traumatized, <laughs> understandably. And she's not really feeling herself. She needs to go to therapy. But Deku's like, you know what? We can also help by making her have a happy day at the upcoming school festival. Yay! More school stuff than I hate. So basically, most of these episodes are spent about Deku and the class figuring out what they're going to do for the school festival. And then there's a school yeah. festival. And there's a whole... This is, this is Jiro's time to shine. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, I didn't really like the song, but... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, her voice was good, but I didn't like the song. Uh, and then we have... Bakugo on the drums, so which is pretty funny. Uh, it's just your favorite characters doing mundane things. We get to see a lot of different school festival things. We have Monomo, or uh, Monomo, I don't know how to say his name. The guy who copies Quirks. Monoma? Monoma. We have him being weird in the school play that they put on. <laughs> yeah, he's funny. But basically, Deku has to go out and get some stuff for the performance. And uh. when he's <laughs> when he's out and about, he stumbles upon Gentle Criminal. And they literally spent a whole episode on this guy's, like, I, backstory I, I hate whole thing. this guy so much. Like, I just... You know what? We should actually ignore the footnote that this arc is and not even talk about it. We'll just say that it's Deku versus Gentle Criminal and it gets resolved and La Brava sucks. The end. <laughs> this man was so weird. I was like, why is this young woman following you? You're an old man. What's going on? <laughs> I'm not even going to talk about this arc. It's not even worth our breath. Moving on. The very, very last two episodes of the season is Hawks and Endeavor versus High End. And High End is a Nomu who just shows up in the city after Endeavor has been named the number one hero because All Might mm -hmm. is retired. And he basically puts the works on both Hawks and Endeavor, and it seems like all hope is lost until Endeavor pulls a plus ultra and he prominence burns the heck out of high end. The end. <laughs> yeah, didn't Mirio also, I'm not Mirio, Mirako also show up at some point during this? No, she shows up in season five. No, in this fight with um, high end, she shows up at the end, doesn't she? Nope. I'm pretty sure she does. That was probably at the beginning of season five. The beginning of the season five starts at the very point that mm. season four ends. But she was not in this season. Mm. I can pull up Mal, okay? <laughs> mm. Mm. I don't know. Now you guys can hear my typing because Savani doesn't believe me. I don't believe you. I, I'm, think, I'm either getting things mixed up or, or, or what, because I do remember her showing up at some point. When Endeavor was fighting uh, a Nomu. I'm about to tell you, she's. I'm literally going to the character list and she's not going to be there. Two hours later. Mirio's father, Monomo, Mr. Brave. Nope, she's not here. Okay, well, it must have been in season five. Are you kidding me right now? <laughs> it, must, it must have been in season five. I told you. You could have looked this up a lot faster. I don't know why you went through all of this. Okay, so that's the end. Season five starts with at the very end of the fight. Uh, high end got a good hit on Endeavor, and he finally gets the strength to fall over after putting his fist up in the air and claiming victory. Mm -hmm. Hawks 
basically is just like, mm. and Hawks basically informs Endeavor of the metal metal liberation front soon becoming an issue. Endeavor, after the high-end fight, decides, you know what? I'm going to be a new man. I've destroyed my old self, and it's time to start repenting, or whatever like that means. <laughs> I have new man in quotation marks, because I yeah, believe it when I know, see it. He, he achieved his dream of being number one, but not how he wanted it. Um, and this season actually also starts with Izuku having a dream about the predecessors of <laughs> One for All, and how they're kind of talking to him, and he's like, hmm, what could this mean? So basically... You know, Endeavor go back, goes back to his family. We actually meet the rest of his family, which is Fumi and Natsuo, who are to- Todoroki's older siblings. Uh, they basically chat a bit. Natsuo's like, I don't like you, Dad. Uh, bye. And Fuyumi's like, I wish we could be a family. And Shoto is kind of like, yeah, you're cool as a hero, but you're not cool as my dad, so don't talk to me. Uh, <laughs> I mean, he's not that cold about it, but that's kind of where he's at. And then we move on to Class 1A versus Class 1B. And it's more school stuff. You can hear me sighing. But basically, it's kind of like a... It's like a capture release type game where... No, you know, it's like a capture game where they have to capture the villains. And you're both heroes. The other team is villains to you. And everybody's fighting it out, basically. We have Shinzo showing up as Aizawa's new apprentice. Mm-hmm. It's very adorable. He has some support items. It's great. He does yeah. his he does he, his best. He's learning how to use his powers since they wouldn't let him in. Mm-hmm. For some weird reason, I was like, this dude can literally mind control people. I don't understand. Exactly. And I'm pretty sure that he can move up to the hero course if, like... One person if, leaves. Yeah. Or I think it's like if one person gets eliminated. Like, you can get eliminated from the hero course as well. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't mind. I don't really like Class 1B that much anyways. <laughs> I mean, I like the fighting between them. Like, seeing all the different quirks. But I don't know. It wasn't that exciting. I don't know why. Yeah. I would definitely trade Mushroom Girl for uh for him. That's for sure. Uh, Mushroom Girl. I don't know. I would choose um the person who can basically just hide in the shadows. I'd probably choose him. Or Mineta. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. I think everybody would choose Mineta if we could, but we know he's in class 1A, which I doesn't make any sense. But anyways, um <laughs> so during this tournament type thing Izuku discovers a new quirk and it goes out of control. Eventually, Oraka is able to calm him down and he is able to kind of explain it away. And he also starts training with All Might and Bakugo to help him control his new quirk. Then we have a Christmas special with Aerie. And it's very fun and adorable. What? Because <laughs> she's adorable. You gotta get her in there. Exactly. It's very fun, adorable, and cute. Then we have Deku, Bakugo, and Todoroki. They arrive at Endeavor's agency for their hero work-study training. Why is Deku at Endeavor's agency, you asked? Wasn't he at Night Eye? Oh, well, Night Eye's dead, so yeah, there's no more work-study <laughs> for him. Uh, uh. Yeah, and I think uh, Gran Torino wouldn't take him in. Who cares? We don't want to be with him anyways. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? And so basically, Endeavor actually imparts some serious hero knowledge from his years of being a hero. Granted, mm-hmm. that's expected. I'm not even giving him a pat on the back for that. He's the number one hero. He should be giving them some very good advice and training them very well. He doesn't get any accolades for the doing the bare minimum. Not from me. And then <laughs> and then Endeavor thinks, this is my <laughs> opportunity to bond with my son. And he's just like, Dad, I'm just here to use you. <laughs> and he just he shuts it down immediately. But Fiyumi is not willing to give up. Who's Fiyumi? Todoroki's sister, if you don't remember. <laughs> yeah, she just, and we she have wants the... to get past the trauma. 
She's like, I'm not going to sit here and and just always live my life traumatized. She's like, I want to get over it. Well, that's true. And to do that, she's like, we are going to have a hellish Todoroki family dinner. And who crashes that dinner, you might ask? But the villain ending. <laughs> so after Natsuo storms out because he doesn't like talking to his dad or even looking at his face or breathing the same air, uh, he leaves the house early and gets abducted by a villain who is obsessed with the idea of Endeavor killing him because heroes don't kill. And so he wants Endeavor to kill him because he's mentally ill or whatever. And his quirk is very dumb. He can control the white lines on the road. What do you mean by that? It has to be a paved road. Paved roads are man-made. So if you're in a country without paved roads, then his quirk is actually inert, which is so silly, but whatever. Uh, He uses that quirk-enhancing drug to make himself stronger and basically Endeavor is having a hard time because he wants to be a good dad. And so now he has to actually consider what his kids might be thinking and feeling. And it makes him hesitate when he tries to save his son. But luckily, Todoroki, Bakko, and Deku have it all under control. And they finally complete the task Endeavor gave them by saving someone before he can save them. Even though technically this is a special circumstance. But he gives them the win anyways. <laughs> and uh, basically... Endeavor explains to his kids that he's like, listen, I don't need your forgiveness. I just want to make things right and then yeet myself out of your life. <laughs> so, and so we are left to wonder if that's really the best thing to do and how the Todoroki family is going to handle it from here. But we leave that stuff alone because Eraserhead and President Mike take a trip to Tartarus prison mm-hmm. and meet face to face with Kurigiri and his dark past. And so basically mm-hmm. they find out that when they were kids at UA, they had a third friend because it's all about the trios. And... <laughs> It's all about the trios. And, you know, during, I think it was like during one of their work study, there was an accident where he went missing and was presumed dead. But they find out that Kurigiri, who is a teleportation villain, who's been in the series since season one, is actually their friend and has been nomuized or whatever. What is it called when you get turned to a nomu? Nomuatized? I don't know what to call it. It's never really given a name, I guess. But basically, his his personality has almost been entirely wiped out. And... Eraserhead tries to use his port to get through to him, and they find out a few things about the uh, Meta Liberation Front and what the plans for the League of Villains really are. That includes the general hospital that becomes a battleground in season six. And mm-hmm. the very ha- last half of the season is you. I'm sure you would like to talk about this. The little My Villain Academia thing, Ugh. which sucked. <laughs> yeah, it, I think this is the part that like the the studio handling the anime decided to change the most for their movie, mm. <laughs> and so a lot of people did not like the adaptation of this arc. I think one of the complaints was when it began, they didn't even change the opening like to something with the villains. They didn't even do that. That's true. And so, guys, this last half of this season five, I mean, season five is probably one of one season people consider the worst. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's just not great. Like, there are interesting moments, but those moments are so far few in between because, like, it's just class 1A versus class 1B. And if you don't like any of the characters, then you're just bored. And then there's Christmas, and then there's the Endeavor, and then there's just, like, you know, keeping up with the Todorokis, which is, like, family drama. And it's interesting, you know, but it only lasts for about three episodes. And, yeah. So then we have My Villain Academia. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> well, I'm pretty sure that Shigaraki's goal is to earn the respect and trust of Gigantomachia, right? Oh, yeah. And to do that, he has to complete some type of feat. I don't really understand what it was. Honestly, this season didn't... This this arc didn't make any sense to me. Uh, <laughs> if I'm being 100% honest, I just didn't really understand 
what was going on a lot of the time, especially because there's a lot of flashbacks in this arc and they're always like mm-hmm. flashing back and forward. And like, is it now? Is it then? Is it forward? Is it, you know, whatever. But basically this arc, it serves a purpose of giving the villains all the character development that our main characters have been accumulating over four seasons. They try to cram it all into like the last a few episodes. So whatever. And basically it's, we also get the origin story of Tenko Shimura and the origin story of Tomura Shigaraki. And it's interesting, I guess. Um, yeah. 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 <laughs> well, let's talk about other stuff before that happens. So basically, it's the League of Villains versus the Meta Liberation Army Front. And Shiraki's goal is to create is to defeat the big boss because he likes using video game references and earn the trust of Gigantomachia. And to do that, he needs to defeat the Meta Liberation Front Army and prove his strength and that he is stronger than anybody. And he also needs to get them to do what he wants and he wants to be in charge of them so he can use them for his goals basically a lot of the villains on the league of villains have their own little moments here and there like toga has a backstory which was really unsettling and not at all endearing and it didn't really make me care about her at all yeah Uh, I, i don't know how so many people like toga i just sit there and be like what is there to like about her like what is it I mean, I'm sure people take her as an allegory for their own personal struggles, but whatever. Mm. Uh, Then we have the Twice bit, which I actually do like. Twice is overcoming his personal problems and his own fears to save a person he cares about, which is Toga. And I find that endearing. Then we have the appearance of Geten, who everybody thought was a Todoroki immediately. They were like, (gasps) his ice powers. (laughs) (laughs) Which I actually read up more about him, and I thought that his ice powers are actually pretty interesting. He only has he only has powers over ice but if he puts the ice that he's controlling in water and then lowers the temperature of that ice to freeze that water then that that water becomes ice and then he can control it and i'm like that's mad smart like what but he's pretty cool uh getten is a member of the meta liberation army front he's like their strongest soldier or whatever and him and dobby kind of battle it out Uh, we don't get anything on dobby this season uh do we get any other backstory for anybody else i can't remember Mm. it's just togan twice yeah really yeah okay well then we're moving on to shigaraki mm-hmm. i mean the only important thing out of this whole thing is that tenko shimura is tomura shigaraki but we already that, knew that yeah that was already that's only important i mean his dad his dad was abusive he was a very abusive dad but his dad had mommy issues okay because his mother abandoned him <laughs> mm. not abandoned him but gave him up for a good reason, but, you know, he didn't understand that. I mean, she didn't even write, so... Actually, I, no, I think she did write to him. Mm, maybe, didn't he, maybe not. Didn't he have letters? I can't remember. Yeah, he probably did, but he didn't want to read them because he was like, you know, you gave me up. Well, then that's his fault. He didn't even give her a chance. <laughs> okay. But he did keep a photo of her, though. So maybe he cared a little bit. I don't know. I don't like I don't like family drama like that in shows because logically all those things can easily be they can easily be helped. You know what I mean? She mm-hmm. didn't want anybody to know about her family, but it's just as easy to get a burner phone and call your family whenever you need to. You know what I mean? Like she didn't have to completely isolate herself from him. And there could have been times when they could have seen each other if she was really dedicated to seeing him. You know what I mean? Yeah, and then I was just In fact, she like, could have just put him in witness protection instead of abandoning him. You know, it's things like that that irritate me where it's like there's real world there's real world solutions for 
situations exactly like that. But then because the writer wants to create drama, they're like, oh, there was nothing she could do. And I'm like, stop. <laughs> yeah, and it was just like, all for one seems like the type of person who would have a quirk to be able to find him. You know? No, if he I, hasn't... I just felt like he would. I just felt like she could have literally just moved him out of the country if it was that serious, you know? If yeah. it was so serious that she couldn't even talk to him face-to-face or, like, be in his life, like, it's just... It is what it is, you know? It is. And then I think, like, Shay Rocky, I don't know, like, he has, like, a panic attack or something, and then he starts, like, decaying his family. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then at yes. some... And then at some point, I think he, like, wanders around... Yeah, so basically and, he destroys his whole house and he's kind of like alone and homeless mm-hmm. and he doesn't know what to do because he's completely traumatized. And the people on the street kind of like see that he needs help, but they're just kind of like, mm, a hero will probably come and help you. So <laughs> I'm not going to help. And that's when he becomes disillusioned to the fact that people don't actually care about each other anymore. And they just think that heroes are the solution when they're not the solution. They're the problem. Yeah, when <laughs> I saw that, it was just like, it's kind of messed up. You can't even walk him to the police station. It is messed up. I mean, he's right about the fact that the people have become complacent and they're not able to act on their own moral instincts because they don't think that they think that heroes will take care of everything when everybody needs to contribute to society. But basically that ends up, that ends up with him falling into the hands of one for all, sorry, all for one. Oh my gosh, it's sore. All for one. And in the end, uh, ends up becoming a villain for him. His little henchman. Yeah. In the end he becomes, Tomura Shigaraki and decides to embrace his madness and his hatred towards hero society and society in general. Uh, and he starts his Joker phase. I'm kidding. But <laughs> <laughs> we we can also see in this uh, situation how All for One really manipulates him as a child as well. He's kind of been a victim of his circumstances and he uses that to his advantage. Uh, it's sad, you mm-hmm. know, it is what it is, you know. Yeah. But yeah. And I'm pretty sure this season kind of ends out like that. I'm not 100% sure. Yeah, I'm not sure either because I stopped watching like halfway through the season. It actually ends with All Might talking to Deku about One for All and his new quirks and how he might have a quirk other than the Black Whip quirk. Mm-hmm. And that that there's other things lurking in the distance and that All for One has a plan. And that, you know, the his little brother, who was the first successor, is kind of like talking to Deku saying, you know, he needs to like prepare for like what's coming. He did need to prepare. But yeah, so guys, that's like, that's basically it for, you know, mm-hmm. seasons one through five of My Hero. We did like very brief stuff about it, gave a bit of our opinions, you know, I mean. Yeah. Are there any extra opinions we have? Hmm. I didn't like season five. That's my opinion. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's not an opinion. That's that's a fact that everyone already knows. I I didn't, I didn't like season five. I just don't know what to say. Like, it was just so... It was like there was so much fighting and like so much like stuff going on and yet it was boring. Like how do you make something like that boring? Yeah, I, I remember when I was reading the manga, like especially during like the the villain academia part, like literally everyone in the comments of each manga chapter were like, This is so boring. When is it going to end? Mm-mm. I'm just floored by the fact of that. I, I just don't understand it. Mm. Oh yeah, you you didn't go on your all might spiel. Oh, yes, I do have to do that before we close out, guys. I know this is running long, but I do have to say why I like All Might so much. And I'll probably yeah. talk about him in, like, times after that. But basically, All Might is not even in the show anymore. And that's that's another reason why it makes My Hero hard for me to watch. Because I definitely felt like when I started watching, I was just, 
I was like, even like I was in the show and I was just like one of the civilians who just like was like, oh my gosh, All Might is so cool, which he is really cool to me. That's, I'm just going to admit that. But also I, some, some of my favorite characters in media are characters who are genuinely who they present themselves to be. And it's not just like an act and it's not like some type of angsty twist. You know what I mean? So kind of like there'll be characters where it's like, oh, I'm like the happy-go-lucky character, but really, I just put a smile on to hide the pain inside, you know, like, <laughs> which is fine, like, I get it, but All Might is actually genuinely that happy to be helping people, and to be doing his best, and, and just being himself, and I just love his little laugh, like, <laughs> it's just great. Yeah, he, he's a true hero. No, he really is, and I love that, like, even though he has struggles, he doesn't let his own problems he doesn't let his struggles keep him away from being who he wants to be and like that's like why he's always like smiling and laughing while he's saving people or if or when he's doing something tough or when he has a hard time his natural disposition is to be happy and to be like you know the light for like you know the symbol of peace and I just love that about him and that his character is so genuine like his character is so real and he's so well written because it doesn't feel unnatural you know it just feels like I'm here to be larger than life like even even in private, when he's in private with Deku and he's like in his small form and then he just like goes to his big form when he's just excited. He's just like, I'm still here, you know? Mm-hmm. So, I will yeah. say that, that All Might is, you know, he's a good character and a good hero. I do believe, like you mentioned, like how even though he's struggling, he's so happy-go-lucky still. I do feel like that might have had like negative repercussions later on that he didn't expect. But like, you know, he didn't directly influence them, but it did happen because of him indirectly. I guess, but that's that's kind of not really his problem because that's genuinely who he is inside you know what I mean so it's kind of like it's not like he's pretending it's just the fact that you know he's not letting his own problems keep him from being the person he wants to be you know Mm. I guess yeah so I love all my I love how powerful he is I love I love the vibe of whenever I, I, I used to just love the vibe of my hero when like they would just be having their own problems and All Might would just, like, burst through the wall, and it's just like, yes, he's about to, he's just about to rock someone's day, you know what I mean? He's just about to mess <laughs> someone up, you know? I just love the, I just, lo- I just love the idea of, like, All Might just showing up and being like, yeah, like, Deku just does not have that effect. Like, when Deku shows up, I don't feel, oh, man, everything's gonna be taken care of, or it's about to be the fight of the fight, you know what I mean? I don't mm-hmm. get that feeling. When Deku shows up, I'm like, it's gonna be a struggle. <laughs> Honestly, though, that's exactly how season six turned out. It was just like he had literally no arms and no legs at the end of that fight. Like that was like not how All Might was. All Might was on his feet, standing on his feet with his fist in the air, you know, proclaiming victory over everyone, like literally everyone. (laughs) So and I just I I just I'm mad. You already know I'm mad that they took him out of the story so early. I felt like he could have lasted a bit longer. It just felt premature. I just don't I just don't like it. I mean, he's (sighs) still there. He's like, you know, he's always watching at home on the television. You know, he's just not there in a combat capacity. I felt like they could have nerfed him in a way where that he can he can't really show up that often anymore. But he, if they really really needed him, he could show up. But now he just like he can't do anything. So he's just kind of there to chat with people. And I'm just like, and it just you know, I don't know. It just makes me mm-hmm. a bit sad to not see him anymore. And I get it. You know, we had to kind of eventually transition into Deku being the symbol of peace, but he's not inspiring anybody at this point. So. <laughs> honest uh and i don't like i don't hate deku is there a character i don't like i don't like endeavor um they've yet to endear me i i think i don't like a present mike yeah i don't like him i don't like the way he looks without his glasses (laughs) without his shades i don't know he's just too loud for me 
you course. know, I'm a very quiet person, and then he's just too loud, which <laughs> makes sense why he's with best friends with Ayazawa, because it's kind of like the extrovert adopting an introvert type of thing. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I don't know, do I have any other favorite characters? I used to like Todoroki Shoma so much until I realized he's literally just a vessel for the author to make things happen. You know, I was like, wow, he actually doesn't have a personality at all. And the author is not interested in giving him anything at all. The author is more interested in writing Endeavor than he is Todoroki. Like, that's plainly obvious to me. I like Dobby, especially after season six. Yeah, I'm a lot of people of... like Dobby. <laughs> I'm trying to think of characters in the class. The class is just, okay, this is another criticism mm-hmm. I have. I mean, I do like the uh, the Baku squad. I like them. Who are they? Is that Bako, Kirishima, and... Bako, Kirishima, Ashido, Sero, Kaminari. I like Sero. He's chill. Yeah, it's all of them. They get the most development, so, like, that's why I was like, I like them. Uh, Mineta, I don't know why he's there when he really gets no development at all. I I, I don't know why he's there, really. Mm-hmm. And then the Invisible Girl, she's in every single scene. He always makes sure to put her in. Even though she gets no line. That's funny, actually. But, you know, I, I we are going to film another episode of my, about, about My Hero where we're going to have kimchi back on and we're going to talk about our issues with My Hero, like our actual, actual issues. So I'm going to save a bit of my commentary for that. But mm, okay. all in all, I think that My Hero is technically worth the watch for most people because with all its issues, it's still good. and the reason I think I have so many issues with it is because it has the potential to be so much better and it just doesn't. But, you know, I think I get more irritated when something has potential versus when it never had a chance in the first place. <laughs> but, I mean... See, so, that, that's where uh, the, the fan fiction is for. That's what their job oh is Oh my for. gosh. Ugh, the endless amount of My Hero fan... Oh my gosh. It's just like, people are probably drowning in it. It's ridiculous. But, you know, we'll talk about Momo's costume later, so... guys next week's episode is we don't know it might be (laughs) fall 2022 anime it might be us talking about my hero season six and it might be a k-drama episode you guys will find out (laughs) when we find out so (laughs) but thanks for listening anyways and if you enjoyed this episode please go ahead and give us a rating aka the five stars we earned and a follow it's up at the top, guys. Also, don't forget to catch our next scheduled episode, hopefully coming out on some day of the week. Who yeah, knows? We, we don't know. Guys, I will get my head on straight soon. <laughs> um, thanks so much for staying till the end. Also, if you absolutely hated it or loved it, or we got something wrong, shoot us an email using fanandfiddlerpodcast at gmail.com. Unfortunately, we don't have a Twitter or website yet, but YouTube should be live. And we are really excited to get some subscribers, uh, Mm-hmm. get responses comments and to comment back at you guys and read some of those comments in our future episodes so thank you thank you